welcome back to the Balance Bond Podcast, Soul on Fire. I'm so happy to have you here. I've decided I should probably introduce myself for those of you who are new listeners. So I am Jordan Younger, the host of the Soul on Fire podcast, blogger at The Balanced Blonde, and avid Instagram user over on The Balanced Blonde as well. I write about everything from wellness to plant-based cooking and eating to yoga to most recently suffering with chronic Lyme disease and trying to overcome all of the co-infections and infections and diseases that I have naturally and holistically when possible and also not being afraid to dive into Western medicine when I have to. So that's a little bit about me. I also have a book called Breaking Vegan, which is all about my journey through orthorexia, eating disorder land, and how I overcame it. You can find that book on Amazon, on my website, all over the place. We can also put the link in the show notes. And I do a host of other things as well. I teach yoga. I teach retreats. I have a retreat coming up in November with the beautiful Kelsey Patel, Reiki master, and we'll share more information on that soon. I'm also a cat mom. I have Hudson here at my feet, and I recently moved in with the love of my life, Jonathan Albrecht, who you can find on multiple episodes of this podcast, much to his dismay, but he also is such a good sport and he's a very good host. Some would say he's a better host than I am. He's incredible. And that is who I am. I'm headed to Kauai tomorrow, but by the time this episode comes out, I will be there. So hopefully I'll be off the grid and relaxing and healing. This is the one trip I'm taking this summer that I didn't cancel. I canceled the rest of them to stay home and get treatments for Lyme. Different treatments like ozone therapy and hyperbaric chamber, infrared sauna, tons of other stuff. But I decided to give my body a little break and my veins. (laughs) My veins will thank me because they have been poked and prodded. And I was recently told that I will start developing scar tissue if I keep getting poked in the exact same place. So I think my body will be very, very happy for this welcome break and vacation with the love of my life. So that's me. I just thought it would be fun to tell you a little bit more about me if you're new. And even if you're not, perhaps you learned a thing or two. And I know that you'll learn a lot from today's guest of the show, Donna James. I met Donna all the way back when I lived in New York. And she lived in New York. She still is bi-coastal, which she's the definition of bi-coastal. She spends a week in Los Angeles and then a week in New York off and on and off and on every single other week. And I find that just massively inspiring. Yes, but too much. And she would agree it's too much for her body. So she's going to settle here in Los Angeles when the time is right. But I met her when I was hosting an event at Juice Press in New York, which was actually about a week before I announced that I wasn't vegan anymore. So I was kind of in a dark, depressed place, sort of living 
this life that I felt like was about to come to an end, my vegan public speaking days, and just felt so torn about where I was going. And it was awesome to meet her. She came up to me and she was so friendly and we had a ton of mutual friends. So it's been very cool to reconnect with her now, four and a half years later, and just kind of run into her around LA. We still have lots of mutual friends. She's friends with Jamie Graber, who's been on this podcast, and Guru Jagat, who has also been on this podcast, as well as all of our fellow Mind Body Green friends who have been on here and lots of others. So what's really special about Donna is that she is a functional medicine nutritionist. So she blends Western medicine with more holistic practices, and she has her own approach in which she uses the archetype diet. And she wrote a book called The Archetype Diet that's all about the four different archetypes of body styles and eating. And it's pretty clear to figure out which one you are. Some people would know probably right off the bat which one they are, but you can also go to her website, which is linked here in the show notes to take the archetype diet quiz or read her book, The Archetype Diet, which is also linked here in the show notes. And I think that you will absolutely love everything that she shares. I happen to be an ethereal, which just fits me to a T and she's a wonder woman, which is why she can go back and forth from coast to coast with a little bit more ease than I would be able to, for example. So I look forward to you learning a lot about functional medicine and nutrition and Donna's very balanced approach to eating in this episode. If you suffer from eating disorders or body image issues or just issues with food in general, I think that you'll find this episode really helpful and will kind of lay the groundwork for potentially a way that you might find interesting to start eating and living yourself. Or you can just take her advice and blend it in with what you're already doing. That's kind of my favorite thing to do when I listen to podcasts with health professionals and nutritionists is take a certain aspect of what they've said and blend it in with what I'm already doing. Because Obviously, you always know what works best for your body. So it's helpful to be able to keep doing that and then add in the principles and the science that she teaches us here. I love her outlook on intermittent fasting. So we'll get to that. I won't spoil it in the show notes. I also love her approach to fruit. She is not fearful of fruit, which I think is so important for nutritionists to be open about and to say because we've developed this crazy fruit fear in our society and there's no reason for it. Fruit is full of nutrients. So we get into all of that and more with Donna. I know that you're going to love this episode. So to enter to win a copy of her book, The Archetype Diet, I am hosting a fun giveaway with her. All you have to do is rate and review this podcast in iTunes. So if you don't know how to do that, I have a little tutorial on the TBB podcast Instagram. You can find it on the Instagram story highlights on TBB podcast. But really, you just go to iTunes. You type in the Balance Bond podcast to the iTunes podcast search bar. And then you click on it. You go to ratings and reviews. 
you write one and you rate it. And we are giving away a copy of Donna's book to anyone who heads in and writes a review and sends it to me at jordan at thebalancedblonde.com. And we'll be choosing a winner. So I can't wait for you guys to read her book. Whether you win it in the giveaway or whether you just order it, it is pretty life-changing. I really, really enjoyed it. And before we dive into the episode, I would like to thank our sponsors for the show. We have Everly Well and Four Sigmatic. So first we'll talk about Everly Well. The last time I shared about this company, you guys were really excited, which makes me incredibly happy. Everly Well is the test kit that I have been doing for food allergies and vitamin D and inflammation testing. They also have a testosterone test and an ovarian reserve test. So testosterone is important. I now know this because I found out I was incredibly low in testosterone, which is half of the reason why I couldn't get out of bed um, along with Lyme disease and iron deficiency. But if you are a woman who is low in testosterone, you will have no energy, no sex drive. Your skin will be all messed up. You won't be able to put on muscle. It's a pretty big issue. So testosterone is not only for men. Um, So I would definitely recommend checking out that testosterone test at Everly Well, but also the food sensitivity test. I found out I was allergic to mushrooms and coffee and some other things I love like raspberries and um, what else showed up on there? Carbonated beverages. How interesting is that? So we have a special discount code for everyone listening to use Everly Well test kits. And that code is Balanced Blonde, all capital. So B-A-L-A-N-C-E-D-B-L-O-N-D-E. And that will give you 15% off any Everly Well test which you can just find at everlywell.com. And just to tell you a tiny bit more about the details, these tests test your sensitivity to 96 different foods, everything from gluten to cheese to shellfish. The process is extremely easy. You get the kit shipped directly to your door. You collect three small drops of blood on a little blood spot card. Then you send the sample back. And you get your results in a matter of days. So this is crazy because if you get a lot of lab work like I do, unfortunately I have to, you know that there's a long, painful waiting process. And with Everly Well, you truly find out in just a matter of a couple days. So I got my results back in like two or three days. I was kind of shocked. So you don't have to wait, go to the traditional lab, get results that you don't understand. These are really easy to understand. And I think you're going to love them. So head to everlywell.com, use the code balanced blonde for 15% off, choose your test and let me know your results. When you get them, just send me an email. I would love to hear what your thoughts are. And I hope that if you have questions about your health, that this might answer some of them because knowledge is power. And we really don't want to be in the dark about our own health ever. So thank you Everly Well for supporting the show. And I would also love to thank our sponsor, our longtime sponsor, my favorite, favorite, favorite mushroom coffee company in the whole entire world for Sigmatic. And as you guys will learn in this episode with Donna, having a sensitivity to mushrooms the way that I did on my Everly Well test 
doesn't mean that I'm allergic to adaptogenic mushrooms that are in Four Sigmatic. And I also happen to know this because I cut Four Sigmatic out of my life for three very sad months when I had horrible rashes and was trying to figure out what I was allergic to and what was going on. And funny enough, my rashes were even worse when I wasn't having Four Sigmatic. So that's not to say they healed my rashes when I reintroduced them, but I'm just happy to know that my allergy doesn't extend to my beloved chaga and my beloved reishi and all of my other beloved adaptogenic mushrooms like lion's mane and mushroom coffee. So you've probably been hearing about mushroom coffee and you've probably been thinking, what the heck? is that? And does it taste like mushrooms? And how could that ever taste like coffee? And that doesn't sound good. And how weird. And let me tell you, there are so many different mushrooms in the fungi kingdom. So if you're thinking of like a portobello mushroom or a shiitake mushroom, those are the kinds of mushrooms that we would put into a scramble or a stir fry. But these adaptogenic mushrooms are very different and they're ground down into a powder and they're foraged straight from the forest. So we had the founder, Taro of Forest Sigmatic on this podcast, and he told us all about foraging mushrooms and fungi and taught us all about that. So you can always head to that episode to learn more. So they're basically as pure, as natural as it gets, and they taste really, really good. So my favorite, I think everybody listening might know, if you've been listening for a while, is the chaga, chaga latte. I make a delicious chaga latte that is made with two packets of Four Sigmatic chaga, one cup of steamed almond milk or any milk of your choice, one date, which are my favorite things in the world right now, just to sweeten things up and a shake of cinnamon. And I have that pretty much every morning. It also makes my skin kind of look a little more tan, I would say. I notice I have more color in my face when I'm drinking chaga, which for the summer, for someone who can't go outside as much as I want because of my sickness lately, that is a very welcome thing. It also gives me energy, makes me feel really alert and kind of helps me get through my day. At night, I love to drink reishi. It comes in this pretty turquoise color in the Four Sigmatic packets. And you can also get tins. So if you're into being green and you're not on the go, so you don't need to use the packets, I would recommend getting the tins. I have all the tins, mushroom coffee, chaga, reishi, and I use those every day. If you're a coffee person, try the mushroom coffee and you might be able to get off your traditional cup of caffeinated coffee. Well, this is still caffeinated. It just has a lot less caffeine. And I've learned lately that mold accumulates in most coffee beans, even organic coffee beans. So switching over to Four Sigmatic is good for your health in that way too. Especially if you're looking to go non-toxic and you're sensitive to mold like I am. So head to foursigmatic.com slash blonde. That is foursigmatic.com slash B-L-O-N-D-E to get 15% off of all Four Sigmatic products. I know you're going to love them. They're amazing. They're life-changing. I could rave about them forever. Mushroom coffee is the jam. I'm actually sipping on one right now. 
So thank you for Sigmatic for sponsoring the show. Thank you, Everlywell. And thank you to everyone who's listening because without you guys, this show wouldn't be a thing. So thank you, thank you. And we'll head into this episode with the amazing functional medicine nutritionist and cognitive behavioral therapist, Donna James. here with the beautiful Donna James, functional medicine nutritionist, and so many other things. You're an author. You're a cognitive behavioral therapist. Mm -hmm. You do so much. It's pretty amazing. (laughs) So I'm I'm very lucky to have you here. Yeah. And we're going to talk about your new book. And I have so many questions for you along the lines of functional nutrition Mm -hmm. and everything that I've been dealing with that a lot of my listeners also deal with. Mm -hmm. So we'll just get all your wisdom and knowledge from you. Fantastic. I'm really happy to be here to share it. Yes. So tell us just a little bit about who you are and how you fell into this profession. Oh gosh. Well, I think your point about that, what I do is quite layered and that really evolved over time is that I went into functional medicine nutritionist a long time ago in 2003 uh, because on the conscious level, my skin was breaking out and I couldn't figure it out. And at the time, Dr. Perricone had come out with his book on food and inflammation and skin. And I was fascinated with how the, how food could actually change your skin. But on an subconscious level, I was also intrigued by fat loss because I had sort of struggled on and off like a lot of women do, five, 10 pounds here or there. And there were no answers. Like in everything that I did, I couldn't, I just wouldn't see a sustainable result. And I wanted to know myself. And so that's how I moved into functional medicine nutrition. And then I added the, the therapy piece just as I started to see that my clients were struggling. So you could have all the answers from a biochemical perspective, but if you didn't shift the mind, then you weren't going to see sustainable transformation. (laughs) Wow. So you really came into it from a place of necessity because you were trying to find your own answers, right? Yes, that's right. I always find. And I wanted a job. So, well, (laughs) that. (laughs) And so I had a, my background was in finance originally, and I decided to take nine months off and travel the world. And so it was like 26 and put on a backpack and traveled all throughout Asia and Europe and then arrived in London and the market was down. And I was like, do I want to go back into finance or do I want to do something with more of a purpose? And decided I wanted to do something more um, with more of a purpose. So I had to start studying. And that was a four-year program while I worked in finance. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I transitioned into into what I'm doing today full time. That's pretty amazing. So you were 26 <laughs> at that time. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's such a transitional age for people. Like yes. I'm 27 and I kind of feel like my whole life is shifting and changing and my health and like all these things are popping up. So it's interesting that that was 
the age in which you shifted your and I, I feel like girls too they start to get worried they're like that's when you start to assess like is this a life that I want to be living or is it not and sometimes I have girls DM me and they're like worried about switching careers and they're you know 26 maybe 29 and I'm like hell no like if this is something that you want to do go in and pursue it I think I must have been in my mid-30s by the time I took on my nutrition practice full-time to give you some context I'm 43 today so so and I will say absolutely the best thing I did was change careers because when you love what you do, like you wake up with a sense of purpose and a sense of joy. Nothing is better than that, even though the process can take a long time for you to get there. I love that advice. That's so good. And so what were you doing when you were transitioning over but when before you did it full time what were you juggling it with <laughs> so we should talk about the archetypes so oh, yeah we should <laughs> so I will talk about just introduce it here so my archetype is the wonder woman and so wonder woman we believe we can do everything and so we do so i was working full time in finance um, <laughs> while I was studying nutrition, once I had finished my nutrition program, then I started to take on clients and I would see clients in the morning at lunch and after work while still working full time. And I probably did that for a good two years until I was at the point where I had to let something go. And then and so it was, it was a risk because I was living in New York and I was living by myself. I didn't have a boyfriend and all the money was coming from me. And I was like, I'll just be happy if I can just like make what I was making in, in finance with, with my practice. When I let it go, when I let finance go, I think I like tripled my income or something like that because I had the capacity just to, just to take on more. Um, and I was really starting then to get into that sort of manifestation side of things. This was also before social media. So <laughs> I remember when I switched, I was like, wow, I have so much time to be able to do things. And I'd like go and do a yoga class and I'd be able to exercise. And then many years later, I was like, how did how how did I have the ability to, to be able to 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 run a practice and be able to get to yoga and do this and double up on exercise days? As whereas I can't do that today, and then I clicked and realized it was social media. I was You're like, social so media takes up phone. time. Yes, yeah, it does. It takes <laughs> up so much time. But it has the ability to you have the ability to be able to connect with so many more people in that way. And and my field, functional medicine, I will say that the reason functional medicine has been so successful is because of social media. Because the way that you would find clients previously to, prior to social media was through word of mouth. And so social media is just an exaggerated version of word of mouth because it works. Right? And so, so that's why we're seeing such a huge shift in the, in the medical field, I think, because of social media. I think so, too. And I think it's just made functional medicine more popular because mm -hmm. I just had someone on this podcast last week who was having a ton of health issues, very similar to mine. And she heard about functional medicine on, I think it was my podcast, maybe my blog. And she started seeing a functional medicine doctor who completely changed her life. It's fantastic. But I know that that happens with tons of blogs and not even just like on a blogger scale, but a friend, just a person who's mm -hmm. talking about seeing a functional medicine doctor. I feel like it just made it more popular because yes. otherwise still a lot of people don't know what it is. So maybe we should talk about what it is. What is functional medicine? Great. So 
I'll split it into three categories. So if you think of Western medicine, that's Western medicine is really good at dealing with acute cases of of disease. So you have a car accident and then you're immediately rushed to, to hospital. Really good at caring for that. Once you get into chronic diseases, so lifestyle diseases, it falls short because the Western medicine model is you have an issue here, we'll prescribe a drug. And so they're looking at the symptoms and never at the cause. So then you have functional medicine and functional medicine is about finding the cause of why you have these symptoms as well as sometimes treating the symptoms at, at the same time. It's really, you, you work on both of those. And then I would say you have energetic medicine and energetic medicine, uh, but functional medicine is still very much in the biochemistry. It's you know, what you can measure. Um, that's what functional medicine is. And then energetic med- medicine is when neither of those things work for you, you start working on the um, the resonance of the body and working in the what I would call the energetic body here, which is the intangible and what we can't see. So you go Western, functional, and energetic. And what happens is that most imbalances start in the energetic and then they start to manifest from a physical perspective, sort of biochemical perspective. And then if you don't catch them there, then they can become like really quite chronic, uh, a chronic disease. So there's a place for all. Mm. Yes, there is a place for all. Well, I like it because it's kind of the combination of Western and energetic and the way that my functional doctors have treated things is a combination of supplements, but medication Mm -hmm. when you need it. Yep. And... It was a functional medicine doctor who told me to look into Ayurveda, which had been life-changing. That's fantastic. I know. So it's really Mm, cool. Yeah. So you were saying before we started recording that you still go back and forth between New York and LA every other week. I do. Which I think is crazy. (laughs) So you're still Wonder Woman. I'm still Wonder Woman. Practicing these just super, there's so much to juggle. And your book just came out. So... Tell us about the archetypes and then people will know what we're talking about when when we say that you're a Wonder Woman. (laughs) So uh, the book is called The Archetype Diet because it's based on these four archetypes. One is the Wonder Woman. There's the nurturer, there's the femme fatale, and there's the ethereal. And so how I created these archetypes were based on where a woman sources her self-worth from because I realized that at the core of it, that led to certain behaviors that she would take on, like you just pointed out me taking a lot of things because I'm the Wonder Woman, which then influences food behaviors, which also influences food choices. And then that changes the hormones in the body as well as other things in the body. And then that changes body fat. So the book is actually based on fat loss. Um, if that's not what your goal is, it, there's still such an enormous amount to take from that book. We just had to decide on something. And um, when you put it back, a book out, what's it going to be? Because actually when I originally wrote it, it covered everything. <laughs> and then my publishers are like, we need to decide. So it was there. That was the flow there. So the archetypes are based on where you source your self-worth from. So Wonder Woman sources her self-worth from success and achievement. So she's very driven. She's ambitious. She's assertive. You give something to a Wonder Woman, it's absolutely going to get done and it's going to get done well. Now, the downside to that 
type of belief is if she's wrong, if she's critiqued, it can she can really take it personally. Like that, that can be a hard place to be. If she's not getting a validation on her work, she can feel like really not good. She can walk into a room full of really smart and successful people and feel terrible about herself, depending on where she is on that scale. So part of the reason I created these archetypes so that we'd break this belief that we were worthy because of some external factor, in this case for the Wonder Woman, success and achievement. Then there's the nurturer. And so the nurturer sources her sense of self-worth by caring and giving to others. And so she comes across as very compassionate and kind. Um, Now for her, one of her greatest fears is not being needed and being um, rejected and, and abandoned. So what she does is she's everything for everybody. And uh, my demographic in my practice in both New York and particularly New York, but New York and LA is Wonder Woman and Nurturers because they're exhausted because they're just doing everything. The nurturer is doing everything for everybody and Wonder Woman is doing everything for her career. <laughs> um, and um, the issue with the nurturer when she's doing everything for everybody is that she doesn't take time for herself. She, she may know that she needs to practice self-care and eat well and exercise and meditate and you know all the things that those of us in wellness espouse, but she just is like, oh, how the hell do I do this? I have a complete inability to be able to do this. And that's because her sense of self is based on caring for others. So for her to actually be able to do that, she needs to break that belief that she's worthy because she's there for people. Now, with all of the archetypes, these imprints were created in childhood. So we have something very specific that happened in childhood that set that up. So for the nurturer, she often comes from a background of where there's maybe a parent sick or a sibling is sick or there was some type of alcoholism or something where there was some type of neglect. And so she learns to pick up the pieces. And, and that's how she learns to create the sense of self-worth. So out of all my archetypes, she's the one that tends to have the most dramatic health issues because she keeps going and going and going and going and doesn't really stop. The Wonder Woman will get to the point where she stops because for her, it's not just about being successful. That's the key aspect of it. She wants everything. She wants to also look really pretty. She wants to be smart and pretty. That's her, that's her thing. (laughs) And then, and then we'll go into the third. The third is the femme fatale. And the femme fatale bases her sense of self-worth on her physical body. So, so that, and for her, this typically comes from a wound. So as a child, she didn't feel pretty. It doesn't tend to be because she received lots of accolades uh, as a child on her looks, because that's what that's what mothers worry about. That if they compliment their 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 girl, that she's going to value herself based on her looks. That actually doesn't happen. It's in it's in the opposites. If you don't compliment your daughter on on the way that she looks, then that in itself can become an issue. And I'd love to talk about an example yep. of that. That's just such an important note. I'm so glad you said that. My parents always told me, you're so beautiful, you're so <laughs> smart, you're so amazing. All those things only benefited me yes. so much in my confidence. Yes. But, I'm so Which glad. is what you want, right? So we want to give our children compliments on every, like everything. Like it's not just being smart. It's not just being pretty. It's not being just different. It's like it's a whole host of them. Like encourage them to be themselves. Um, I had some of my Wonder Woman clients were never complimented on on their looks. And so because of that, they never felt pretty. I was like, no, we need to do that. And and if you're the femme fatale and you base your self-worth on your physical body, you can imagine how tragic that can be. So you're constantly off and on 
a diet all the time. Um, you tend to have a dysfunctional relationship with food. This is where most of the eating disorders tend to tend to come from. Although not always, they can certainly happen in any of the other the other archetypes. And um, with the femme fatale, this can be the hardest one to actually change because there's a societal belief that women need to be pretty. And so that's also taken in a little bit like the Wonder Woman that we really value success as a culture. And then we have the ethereal, which that's what you are. That's me. <laughs> I read that part of your book and... It is me to a T. <laughs> I actually wish that that chapter was like 10 times longer because I got to the end and I was like, no, <laughs> I need I more. more. <laughs> I need more about the ethereal because there were so many good tips and I haven't had like an archetype in a book fit me so perfectly in a long time. That's what that's what the archetypes say. And and I've been listening to women for 12 years. So I've been listening to all of their stories. And I, that's why I feel like women feel heard when they read the book. They're like, oh my goodness, that's me. I was like, because, because I've, been, I've been listening to your stories. I just put it into a model. And so back to the ethereal, the ethereal yeah, likes to be different. Um, she is highly intuitive. She's highly sensitive. And if she's in that natural state, it's such a beautiful place to be. It's like, it's, it's really, um, it's really balanced when she's out of balance though. And you'll know this is that she can get super scattered, like it's scattered and airy. And if she's not grounded, like she wants to do way too many things. And, you know, sometimes the financial success will elude her because there's not that intellect and that logic coming in. And she's, because she's sensitive to everybody. Sometimes she can just feel exhausted because she's picking up on everybody's energy, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> all of those things. And if you don't understand that you're an ethereal, that's when things can go a little haywire. So most of the ethereals that come to see me didn't realize that they were an, actually an ethereal and they took the mask on of one of the other archetypes, which tends to be the femme fatale or the Wonder Woman, again, because these are the things that society has valued and really has historically valued. So I'm probably going to say that most of my ethereals will take on the mask of the femme fatale. And, and that's even worse than being an out-of-balance femme fatale because the femme fatale is so focused on the physical, whereas the ethereal is naturally in the state of the energetic of that etheric body we were talking about earlier. That's where she, she sort of resonates. And, and when she takes on that mask of the femme fatale, she can become so fixated on the physical body and it is completely not only out of alignment with who she naturally is. I do know that when ethereals recognize that their natural way of being is to be much of this lighter area type, airy type of archetype, it's just an automatic switch and they start to come into their own. They can also take on the, the Wonder Woman. And so one of my clients, she had a big PR company in New York and, um, came to see me because she was exhausted and had some some belly fat and was drinking every night. And when I listened to her, I was like, oh my goodness, like you are an ethereal operating in Wonder Woman mode. And it's a struggle for you to operate in Wonder Woman mode because it isn't your natural way of being. And um, and what had happened, she'd taken on clients that were very ethereal type of clients. So, so uh, taking on more like, you know, went out to Montauk all the time, which is a natural place for the ethereal to be. And in the end, she gave up the, gave up her business and moved out to California. And so started to do the things she really wanted to do, which was connected with the earth and she surfs and she hikes and she started a brand new business. And finally enough is making significantly more money than her, her PR company in New York because she 
found the true her, true like true essence of who she actually is. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like a few years ago I was operating in Wonder Woman mode also living in New York and mm-hmm. I was in grad school <laughs> and I started my blog and I was taking health coaching clients and I was still in health coaching school and I was doing so much stuff and I was getting my master's in in creative writing at the same time. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's Wonder Woman. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. And I could handle it because I was so young. Mm-hmm. I was like 22, 23. But then I really hit this point where I could not handle it anymore. And something told me in my intuition, you have to move back to California. Even though I love New York, I was so happy there. But there was something about it that just told me, you need to be somewhere where you can get outside and spend time in nature, go to the beach Mm -hmm. and be outside year round. Um, Because I lived in New York at such a cold, such a cold year. I mean, it's always cold, but it was like crazy like a couple of years ago. <laughs> and, and that's wise advice for, yeah. for everyone is that we want to be connected to the earth. The ethereal needs it even more, right? which is why, lucky for you, you, you had that insight and came back here. But all of us can benefit from going for these long beach walks and things like that. Yeah. So for the other ethereal types who are listening, we can do this for the other types too. I just have a feeling since I was telling you so many of my listeners are similar to me mm-hmm. that maybe a lot of them will be ethereals too. What would be the preferred way of eating that you yes. would say? So the way of eating is based on the ethereals biochemistry with a focus on their hormones. And so with the vast majority of ethereals, they're coming to me because they've got digestive issues. They've got PMS issues. They might not be getting the period. Um, and they they have energy issues. So that's a typical ethereal. And they feel scattered. They feel like they can't always concentrate. And so the diet for an ethereal was to sort of increase their estrogen levels. With you, you're slightly different because you have the fibroid right, which is stimulated by estrogen. Okay, so the ethereals need to be grounded. Right? Otherwise, they're too airy. So they need to eat a diet that's much more grounding compared to the other archetypes. So they are the archetypes which can handle the most amount of starchy carbohydrates in their diet. The nurturers, like look at the ethereals and go, I want to eat like the the ethereal. I want to feel like the ethereal nice and nice and light because the nurtures feel very stagnant and stuck. And so they often end up taking on this ethereal diet, which is the worst thing for for them. But it is more carbohydrate intense. It's a little bit more on the Ayurvedic side. So more cooked foods, which are just much more grounding. But a day for the ethereal issue would actually start with start with something that's carbohydrate based, like overnight soaked oats, probably even avocado toast, which for all the other archetypes they take out. <laughs> because it's just too, it's too carbohydrate heavy for the rest of them. But for the ethereal, it keeps them nice and grounded. And the one thing about carbohydrates is, as we know this, that they convert to glucose, they so stimulate insulin. And what insulin does, it actually makes more estrogen available. And for most ethereals, ethereals they tend to be low in estrogen, hence where they have partially some depression and partially some hormonal issues. The fibroid with you was the excess estrogen. And so, so we, if I was to assess you, I could, could probably track back as to why that was the case. And then, and then for lunch and dinner, um, I have the same formula That's a, that, that um, you should be eating in a very similar way. And for the ethereal, it would be a little bit more cooked foods, 
Um, although if you're feeling, so if you're feeling really light, then you'd eat more cooked foods. If you're feeling a little stuck, then you'd eat raw foods. So the good thing about the ethereal is you can, you can really go into your intuition with food. I can't say that about the other archetypes. It's like, trust how you feel. Like, what is it? Are you feeling scattered? Well, then you need to eat in a way that's a little bit more grounded, which is cooked foods, nuts, red meat, more, more legumes, more beans. So you might have a macro bowl for lunch, which would be such a nice pairing. And that could be some um, black beans and brown rice and not too much, but, but somewhere about maybe three quarters of a cup and then probably four or five ounces of protein and then a whole lot of vegetables. All of the archetypes need to be eating a principally plant-based diet, um, but not plant-exclusive diet. They'll be clear on that, not plant-exclusive. You can convert it to that, but that's not, not um, what I would automatically say is the healthiest way to be. Because as soon as you move into something where you need to take a diet, where you need to take supplements, you want to question that. That makes sense. So that's very interesting. I love <laughs> that because I love to use my intuition to choose what I eat. And I I would say every single day, I feel very, very airy and up in the clouds mm-hmm. and scattered. So if I am eating lots of fruit, lots of raw. Oh, it's terrible. Um, oh, I know, right? But <laughs> yeah. when I was in Bali, I was doing that. I was trying out all raw and it worked because I wasn't working yes. and I was just on vacation, floating around, living there for a month. But you would say no, like back well, here. So that's slightly different too. So if you think about how sticky and humid and balmy Bali is, well, what would be the natural counter to that? It's actually to eat raw food and hydrating food. So that's the thought true. of eating cooked foods in Bali just doesn't, that doesn't seem like a vibrational match. It's a little bit like in New York, are you going to drink a green juice in the middle of winter? No, you wouldn't have that. Yeah, I used to do that. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, we all did when the raw, raw food movement was really, was really big. It's like, no, instead you would have like an almond milk or a macadamia nut latte or turmeric latte Delicious. or ginger, like these really sort of stimulating foods. And it's what I say to girls in the middle of summer. It's like, why the hell are you having an almond milk latte with turmeric and ginger? <laughs> like it's hot outside. Why would you do right, that? Like, right. Have a cucumber juice. Raising the heat. <laughs> That's so funny. So then what would you say for the Wonder Woman? Like what does your day of eating look like? So, um, you know what? Let's, uh, why don't I do a day? Why don't I give you a wrap up for a day for the ethereal? So, yeah. so the ethereal could do like soaked overnight oats with um, a little bit of almond milk with pecans and um, some plums. So purple works really well for the ethereal because she's often, she's in the super consciousness. And so the chakra color with that is white and purple. And so that helps to balance her there. Plus anything that's purple works with the cognition. I love so that. So a really good way to, to start the day. And then for lunch, we said like a beautiful macro bowl. Uh, in the afternoon, depending on how she's feeling, maybe it is a green juice or maybe it is uh, like a little paleo vegan treat that's made with some nuts of some sort to keep her grounded. If she's feeling a little too stuck, then maybe she's going towards some sunflower seeds instead because the seeds are always lighter than the, than the nuts. Then in the evening... Well, let's say it's in the middle of summer, like what it is today. She might go for a piece of fish with a really fresh, vibrant green salad with lots of fresh herbs in it and grated carrots and grated beets because those root vegetables keep her really grounded. And then maybe there's some purple potatoes uh, to follow with that. And then a treat in the evening could be a, uh, um, a tea and some purple figs. Sounds good. <laughs> I'm so excited about that. That's like the way that I choose to eat anyway. So that's kind of perfect. Wonderful. Really, really good. Yeah. So Wonder Woman. So Wonder Woman. So 
Wonder Woman's dominant hormone is cortisol. And what we want to do is balance her cortisol levels and so they can be excessive. And that's what keeps her going. So she's like sort of quite excitatory over time. However, she can end up in a state of adrenal fatigue and the cortisol is completely dropped off. So we want things to, to rebalance those cortisol levels. So for her, she's the one that's more likely to be susceptible to the gluten and the dairy. So I immediately pull that out for her. Yeah, um, from a weight loss perspective, we've got to really limit her carbohydrates, not like what we need to do with uh, Ethereal. So from a carbohydrate perspective, I keep it to a quarter of a cup at both lunch and dinner. And then half of the plate is full of vegetables and then about four to five, four ounces um, of some type of uh, clean animal protein. That can be changed to a vegan diet where it's three quarters of a cup of some type of you know, starchy carbohydrates or legumes or buckwheat noodles or something if, if need be. Um, and so she's she has a very quite a balanced diet. There are less restrictions on her than the nurturer, which is what we'll get to. So a day for her would not be the overnight soaked oats or the avocado toast. She wouldn't start her day like that, but she'd start out with some type of smoothie, like a protein-based smoothie, whether it's vegan protein powder or a collagen protein powder. And actually on that note, I, I want to make this clear to your, to your listeners that collagen protein powder is a protein powder. Like use it that way. Like don't put it into your coffee because that's just weird. Right? That's such like I amino acids you in your that. coffee. Well, so many people drink collagen coffee. That's like it's a just huge like it's a total trend. marketing right, ploy as to right. how to get you to do something on a daily basis. So you're, you're only say, putting a teaspoon in. Use it as a protein powder. There's like right. two tablespoons. Oh yeah, because you're wanting protein. someone to use enough. Yeah, to, yeah, if you really want to see the benefits, like use it as a protein powder instead and put it, and that's Very your base. That's tip. what it is. It's a protein powder, right? And so use two tablespoons of that. I know. I remember when I first started using it, I really wasn't clear that it was a protein powder. Most so I would aren't. use protein powder and, and collagen. And collagen. And then one day somebody told me, collagen is protein powder. I was like, oh my God. Oh, well, it is a protein. It's I'm getting acids. way too much protein yeah. in my smoothie then because yes. I was like doubling it. Yeah, that's exactly so right. Funny. I mean, you could split it. Like you can yeah. do a tablespoon of a, a plant-based protein powder and a tablespoon of a, of a collagen um, protein powder. Like, there's a way you can work with that. But you can end up with like 30 grams of protein in your smoothie, which is, it's way too much for, right. you know, almost Not any necessary. woman that's, unless she's training intensely. And I mean training intensely to be like a, a figure athlete. Right. Like for the regular person, that's too much. So for a sure. nice smoothie and go, the chakra colors for the Wonder Woman are yellow because her third chakra tends to be out of balance. And that's that's one that's heavily focused on the self-worth. It's all about power. So for her, she could have a pineapple smoothie for for breakfast. Like if she was going into a big business meeting that day, then that would be really, really grounding for her. And then, uh, and and actually on that, like if you want to lose body fat, do not overload your smoothies with a whole lot of nut butters. That will not get you there at all. What about I tahini? That. Say, yeah, same. Yeah, the seed I butter. Mean, totally um, same um, we don't want to I overload just it. Love tahini lately and putting it in everything. But that's and, great, right. and particularly for you as an ethereal, right? Right. That's beautiful for you to do that as an ethereal because you need that fat to ground you. That's not the case for the Wonder Woman or any of the other archetypes. They need to be a little bit lighter. So that so these subtle differences in the diet have a profound difference in the physical body. In the same way with exercise. So if you want to elongate a muscle, like holding that muscle out, um, rather than keeping it 
um, sort of bent and contracted, you are going to create that elongated muscle. If you've constantly got something that is is where the muscle is not being um, elongated, like a like let's say a soul cycle, where you're not lengthening your legs, well, you're going to develop very different muscles to a Pilates class, right? It's 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 you're still exercising, right? And the diet like that is similar. The the subtle difference have a profound difference in the body. So anyway, nice smoothie. And then for lunch, it would, could be a, um, a raw salad here. It could be an arugula salad with tomatoes and cucumber and fresh herbs. And um, the bit of vegetable, bitter vegetables work really well for the Wonder Woman because it supports liver detoxification. Wonder Woman tends to store anger and she's like, because she's doing so much, she doesn't have a lot of time for herself. And so a lot of anger and frustration can come up and that does affect her from a Chinese medicine perspective, the liver. So she can work on detoxifying that. And then probably four ounces of some type of clean animal protein, which could be wild salmon or something, a quarter of a cup of chickpeas and then two, two fats. So it could be a tahini dressing and a quarter of an avocado. Like that's the right balance for a, for a Wonder Woman. And then she could have like a piece of fruit in the afternoon. She certainly doesn't need to combine her fruit with with nuts. It's only if her blood sugar levels are completely dysregulated, like she's on that diabetic spectrum that she would need to do that. Um, or she could have like some little sunflower seed crackers, something like that. And then for dinner, dinner would replicate what the would be would the, uh, the formula would be the same for dinner. That could be organic fish. Sorry, not organic fish. It could be organic chicken in a tomato and cucumber, sorry, tomato and, a good tomato and cucumber salad actually would be great. Like with a little bit of hemp seeds, that way she's getting her fatten and she could throw a little bit of quinoa in there, like a quarter of a cup. That would be perfect for her. If she wants a snack in the in the evening, then maybe what she's doing there would be, um, it's just some raspberries. It'd be really nice. Okay, guys, just a brief interruption from this episode with the beautiful Donna to talk about Hump Nutrition, our third sponsor for today's episode. And I am so madly in love with Hump Nutrition. It's not even funny. I've been packing for Kauai all day today. And Jonathan was making fun of me that half of my bag is stuffed with Hump Nutrition supplements and with Four Sigmatic Chaga. So that's how I travel. I bring all of my favorite things with me. Hum Nutrition is the incredible beauty supplement company that has been featured everywhere from Vogue to Harper's Bazaar to Well and Good to Glamour to Refinery29 to the Balance Bond Podcast. Haha, Balance Bond Podcast, threw it in there, but it's true. They've been a longtime sponsor of the show. They are premium quality clinically proven, non-GMO, gluten-free, pure and potent, and sustainably sourced. I think they're also very cute in their packaging. And that is a big thing these days with brands, especially when you're taking supplements to find a brand that really understands being with it, being current, and having this really cute branding that's fun to pop into your purse and whip out at lunch so that you can take them while you're eating because supplements always absorb better that way unless you're supposed to take them on their own, um, depending on the supplement. So the one I've been using right now is called 
OMG, Omega the Great. And that's because I found out I was really, really low in Omega-3s. So having omegas in your body supports even skin tone, a healthy heart, your brain, and your body. And it's full of ultra-pure fish oil. It has an ideal ratio of the actives, EPA and DHA, and it has high potency. So you only take two pills and there's no fishy aftertaste. So the ingredients are vitamin E, sardines, anchovies, and mackerel. And if you are plant-based in your daily life, like I am, it is really good to add these supplements into your life unless you're completely vegan and I understand not choosing the omega supplement, but they also have raw beauty boosts and collagen and this one called Turn Back Time. It is an age-defying skin cell protection supplement. So if you're not sure which one to take, but you really want to try Hum Nutrition, then you can always go to their website and click on the tab that says Our Nutritionists, and you can ask an RD on the website which supplement would be best for you with whatever you're trying to balance in your life. So head to humnutrition.com and use the code SOUL, S-O-U-L, at checkout to get 20% off of your first order. That is a huge, huge, huge deal. So humnutrition.com, code SOUL for Soul on Fire for our tribe to get 20% off and enjoy. Hudson is cracking me up right now. <laughs> he is just loving life. He's so happy. Are you happy, Huddy? My listeners know Hudson quite well. <laughs> He's so happy in the new place. <sighs> I love that. So that sounds delicious. So that would be like kind of the way that you eat then for your Wonder Woman. Well, I try to eat that way. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, nothing's perfect. <laughs> oh, my God. He is the best. And then would you say pretty similar for the nurturer? and No, pretty similar for the femme fatale. Okay. Um, so uh, the femme fatale doesn't have a particular body type. So actually all the archetypes have a particular body type depending on where they store body fat because of the hormones at play. And um, the femme fatale depends on how she's eating. If she's restricting her food a lot, then she might look a little bit more like the ethereal, which is more more sort of wooly. Um, if she's really stressed over her look, she might be looking more like the Wonder Woman, so stirring a bit on her belly. And if she's binging, which is what can happen, she might look a little bit more like the nurturer, where she's sort of stirring body fat everywhere. Now, that's not to say that the, the nurturer is binge because that actually isn't the case. But in the case of the femme fatale, she tends to be, will be an overeater. And the color for her is the orange spectrum working with the second chakra. So for her, like eating a mango would be wonderful, starting the day with a papaya smoothie. And the funny thing is, is that most femme fatales have like totally discarded fruit. They like think it's bad, like all legumes and grains are bad, right? It's just that, which is absolutely not true at all, right? There are certain cases where um, you might take some of these foods out, but for the vast majority of us, you do not need to be taking these real foods out. So glad you're saying that because real food is I mean that's where it's at yeah I'd love to we'll finish the nurture I'd love to talk a little bit about the floor with a glycemic index because yeah. it sort of gets me really mad let's do it <laughs> I know we have oh my god so many topics um, um so the nurturer has to have the diet with the least amount of carbohydrates in it because she's very insulin sensitive so when she eats those carbohydrates her natural setup is to convert that food to body fat versus versus energy and so she will tend to feel heavy and, and tired so we've got to put her on a 
type of paleo diet, but not the paleo diet. So the worst thing that she can do is actually eat red meat and nuts, which is very paleo. Um, instead, she needs to be eating lighter food, so so fish, fish and lots of salads. So cooked vegetables aren't really that great for her. I'd much prefer her to be on um, more of a more of a little bit more of the raw food except for obviously in the middle of winter, then I don't, don't want her doing that. Um, but that's what she would skew her diet towards towards today. And definitely no nuts for the nurturer. So she should replace her nuts with seeds um, because they are they are chemically and energetically lighter. They contain more of the omega-6s and omega-3s to help rebalance her hormone levels. Um, and a typical day for her might be she starts with two eggs for breakfast with some little baby tomatoes and a little bit of sea salt. Then for lunch, you might have a kale salad with some grated carrots and maybe some fennel in there and then a piece of wild salmon with a turmeric dressing. So you can see there's no carbs included in that. I've taken the legumes out and the starchy vegetables out. It's also great for her to focus on the cruciferous vegetables because the cruciferous vegetables contain a component called converts to dim and dim helps to decrease the amount of estrogen in the body. So I encourage that she has a serving of cruciferous vegetables daily. And then her snack might be some nori with some avocado because the nori contains iodine and that's going to support her thyroid function. Then for dinner, she might have a butter lettuce salad with radish and peas with some shrimp and a lemon vinaigrette. That nice and light for her, and then in the evening, working with her color spectrum because that's the first chakra, which is red. So she might have some strawberries as a as a snack. I love the whole chakra component. <laughs> I love how that whole element comes into your practice because mm-hmm. that's so important too. It's just it's a better way to think about eating real food like we remember the effect of the chakras and what they what what how they vibrate versus talking about the phytonutrients right we just like can you remember like what the yellow phytonutrients are or will you remember that yellow works with the third chakra and it's great for wonder woman you work remember that it works with self-worth it's a more interesting way to look at it and so going back to that the glycemic index so the glycemic index is inherently flawed and it was developed in 1981 and how it was developed is they took 10 people and they gave them various types of carbohydrate-based foods, fruit, cornflakes, other things, and they measured the sugar response in their blood. They got the numbers and they combined it and they said, here's the glycemic index. So that's, it's like, What? So you could have somebody in that group who's nearly close to diabetic because it was developed for diabetics. Or you could have somebody who's an ethereal and is so not, not sensitive to, to um, the carbohydrates and well, you will have very different glycemic responses. So it's just a, it's an average that doesn't apply to actually one particular person in there. So that was it. That was how it was developed. That, and at that stage in 1981, we only knew about vitamins and minerals. We didn't know anything about phytonutrients. They were not discovered until 1995, so 14 years later. And by then, everybody was in this focus of we need to eat these low glycemic foods. 
So by the time that we understand the phytonutrients, everybody had taken everybody had taken like watermelon and, and um, carrots and beets out of their diet, which is just crazy. So so these phytonutrients support the body in so many different ways. And let's use fruit as an example. Well, fruit contains certain phytonutrients that help support the proliferation of the gut microbiome. So we have a lot of women, probably your listeners, who are taking fruit out of the diet because they're worried that they have candida. And I'm just going to say it's total BS. Right? right? Don't sit down and eat a platter of fruit in one sitting, like, like reminiscent of the spa diet where you've got like 10 different types of fruit. That's not, not on, but like having two pieces of fruit a day is highly, highly supportive for the gut microbiome. And I'm just going to tell you this, one piece of fruit, the amount of sugar in it is equivalent to three teaspoons of sugar that has no influence on your insulin levels. Yes, you'll get a little bit of sugar in the blood, but it's not going to be spiking. And you cannot, that does not go to the gut microbiome to cause a proliferation of candida. It doesn't get there, right? There's not enough sugar in it. There's no possible way that it can get there. Like your cells are going to use it to create energy before it gets to, before it gets to candida. So like I, with all of my clients that have candida, I'm, I've got them eating fruit for two pieces a day and that's it. We have to move away from this, this philosophy that it's scary and bad and makes us gain weight. I'm so happy to hear that. I'm so glad for everybody <laughs> listening to hear that. I didn't eat fruit for a couple of years because it was told to me not to um, by you know, a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. And I feel so much better yep. now that I eat fruit. I've been reincorporating it pretty heavily for maybe close to a year. Well, less than that. But the first time I was in Bali, so last December, and I love it. Yeah. And I might kind of have skewed to the side where I was eating too much of it for a while because I just love it so much. <laughs> um, like tons of fruit because medical medium. Are you familiar? Yes, I am. Um, What do you think of all that? Because I was following some medical medium types of protocols for Lyme and for eczema, but those are very fruit heavy. Right. So to me, the medical medium uh, is is a really good match to those people who have not been able to find their answers in the functional medicine realm or the Western medicine realm. And so, and that's a very small percentage of the population. So you're looking for answers because nothing else has been able to, you haven't found a match for you. So his protocol may be the right match for you. Um, now, it, it typically is on enhancing the immune system. Um, and I think that is, that's warranted. Like it, it really is. Um, there's nothing... I don't find it really specific in a way. It's very, let's enhance the immune system to to help clear out sort of the Epstein-Barr or, or so forth. And I'm unfamiliar with his Lyme protocol. But there is, there is uh, the person who is going to really resonate with what he actually has to say. Um, he finds he gets the complicated clients that maybe some of your listers and and it may not, but it's not the vast majority of people out there. Yeah, I would call myself in the very complicated category <laughs> when I was water fasting at True North, the health center in Northern California. My doctor there told me that I was one of the most complicated mm-hmm. cases he had ever seen. And my parents were there and we were just laughing because that's how it feels. Like I right. feel like I've I've just baffled every doctor I've ever met. Not to say that they're not brilliant all in their own ways, mm-hmm. but nothing has really worked for me 
So I'm interested in some of the medical mediums stuff. It just, it's one of those things where you have to follow it for a long time, of course, before you know if it's working or not. And I need to either fully dive in or do something else. Yes. And when you're enhancing the immune system, it takes time. Like the minimum before you will see any type of effect will be at least three months. Um, so, so it's, uh, and in your case, like with the Lyme and having this chronic exposure to mold, like you're a match for that, right? Because your immune system is not functioning in the way that it should be functioning because of the sheer exposure to, to an accumulation of mold in the body. So, yeah, it could be six months plus before you start to see some of those effects. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to take. Oh, I know, I know. But yeah, I'm happy to hear you say that. Sometimes it's just good for me to have some reassurance from someone like you who you have your protocols for all your different archetypes and for so many people out there. But you also recognize that some people's immune systems are so weakened mm-hmm. that maybe we need to do something more extreme. So that's kind of where my and you do, thought goes. Right? Yeah. You, you really do. It's the way when I'm working with people, it really is what's going on with this person in front of me. And, and that's what you need to be, to, be, to be aware of. And I'm pulling from everywhere. I'm pulling from functional medicine. I'm maybe sending them to a Western medicine doctor if I think the antibiotics is appropriate. Um, I'm pulling from Ayurvedic philosophy. I'm, I'm sending them to like my little healers. Like it's, it's all of that. Um, Who are some healers that you love? Oh. <laughs> love this world. <laughs> Um, mine are all based in New York because that's principally where my where my practice is. And so again, I would love Ali recommendations. So I work with a woman called Alexandra DeFacio and she is a shamanic healer and also does colonics. So she has something called a shamanic colonic. That would be <laughs> my, oh my God, that would be my dream. She's, I've been getting colonics constantly. Um, she's incredible. So, so, and she's in my office in, in New York. Uh, um, but you will have a clinic and whether she is sort of removing things or she's putting probiotics back into um, d- during her treatment. And then she's doing all of the, the shamanic Reiki work, vibrational medicine on top of that. Like she is, she is absolutely, absolutely brilliant. The real deal and pure, total nurture that comes from a place of purity. And so then I work with a Russian physicist and I'm going to pronounce Michael's last name incorrectly, but it's like Felzone. And he's the, the more um, intellectual side of the vibrational energetic medicine. So he has a, a machine that does this sort of bioresonance that's so detailed that it can tell you what bacteria is infecting which parts of the body. He can completely drill down to see it with his method there, it pinpoints where the issues are. So with him, on my recent scan with him, it showed that my thyroid wasn't functioning in the way that it should be, which has always been a weakness for me. And I've just come off a, a you know, book, book, writing a book that took five years. I was doing my master's at the same time, back and forth between New York and LA and so forth. Like I wasn't surprised that my thyroid wasn't functioning as well. So it pinpointed that. And also, some other issues with my with my pancreas, my so my sugar levels weren't being regulated as well, just due to sheer stress, nothing to do with my diet. But it, it, you can either change it through the nutraceutical realm, which 
is where I would work or through the energetic realm. So at the time he'll do, when he does the scan, it's effectively like infusing the energetics back into your body. Now, sometimes you'll get a 70% correction and then sometimes you'll get a 7% correction. So if you get a 7% correction, then I immediately say to myself, well, that means that it truly is in the physical body, not the energetic body so much. So I'm going to work with more of my nutraceuticals on that front. Wow. Those are some great healers. Uh, yes. Yeah, I have to tell you about some LA-based people just so that you have your repertoire. I'm really looking for to them. Move this yeah. way. I mean, yeah. there's so many. I have one client here in, in LA and I'm like, wow, wow, shit goes wrong for you all the time. It's like, and like everything goes wrong. Like necessary appointment test kits get rejected. Like, like, like holes, like all sorts of really subconscious stuff. And I'm like, wow, well, well, well you need a clearing. She does. <laughs> I'm like, she I need really to like, clear you. Yeah. <laughs> because oh. it's like, this is not normal. I have been there. <laughs> she sounds ethereal. She sounds very ethereal. She's nurturer. Oh, okay. She's a nurturer. But so you I know, guess they, anybody they can, can be up in the clouds. When you're out of balance, you can be up in the clouds with the mm -hmm. exception of the, of the Wonder Woman. One girl was like pretty <laughs> determined. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I definitely have a few of those in my life. <laughs> so let's talk about intermittent fasting. I know you said you have some pretty strong view on that. I would love to hear. So intermittent fasting has become like the biohacking tool in the wellness world. And I have... I see far too many people on Instagram and women coming into my practice that so that's something that, that they are doing. And so the concept there is you eat for eight hours and you fast for 16 hours. Now, the reason that most women are actually doing that is to expedite weight loss. That is the reason that they're doing it. And I'm just going to be really clear here to tell you that it does not make weight loss faster at all. In fact, what happens is you start to destabilize your blood sugar levels. So around the 16 hour mark, if not earlier, your body is smarter than you and it is going to start to put sugar into your blood irrespective of you eating. That means you're stressing your adrenals because the adrenaline will be stimulated for that mechanism to happen. So if you are stressed and you have maybe some thyroid issues and some hormonal issues, you should absolutely not be doing the intermittent fasting because you're relying on the body's hormonal processes to start to stabilize you. That's not what you want to be doing. So what also happens is that if you continue to do that, you will start to become more anxious purely from a blood sugar perspective. And then if you continue on with that, you start to see, you can start to set yourself up for panic attacks. So you're far better off is eat within a 12 hour period. It is much, much easier to do that than it is to fast for 16 and eat for eight. And there's a, a researcher who, his, his name just eludes me right now, Lango is his last name and he's written a book called The Longevity Diet and it's about mimicking the fast and he, his philosophy is, and he's done all the research behind it, is that rather than fasting is that you just, you eat vegetables, you eat, you eat vegetables, right? Much, much easier to do that. Um, and I will, I will tell you that, that all of my clients who've attempted intermittent fasting, like not under my guidance and they've sort of gone away and then they've come back, it's, it's a mess for them. It, just, it is not not supportive. One, because I have a demographic that's full of women that want to lose weight. They've got adrenal issues, they've got thyroid issues, and they've got digestive issues. And in terms of the research on intermittent fasting, the vast majority of research on intermittent fasting is done on done on rats. So there's a there's a handful of studies um, done on humans. I know two specifically, and then maybe a little bit more on on humans more recently. But it's on the 
the aging process. It's not on fat loss. And we do not have studies to say that you are going to age at a slower rate if you're on this intermittent fasting diet because we don't have the data. So they're using something as a proxy, something called telomeres. And so they're looking at the length of the telomeres to say that if they are longer, then um, you're going to have a greater length of life. Well, it's just a proxy. We can't actually say that you are going to have a, a longer length of life and that's there's a longevity. That's just incorrect. And so a lot of these studies are just being, are being completely and utterly misinterpreted. So make it easier on yourself and eat within a 12-hour period. That is so helpful. I'm so glad you said that because I know a lot of people listening are very into intermittent fasting and I have been at points too. And I think it probably goes back to what you said also about different cases and Mm -hmm. some people needing something a little bit more extreme because I did do the water fast and that had so many benefits for me, but that's not intermittent fasting. That's not intermittent fasting. It's totally different. Yes, it's very different. That's not how you're choosing to live your life. That was for a very specific period of time to treat parasites, right? Under, in a clinic, right? You are under somebody else's supervision. So it's it's different to to you going and doing a water fast on your own, which um, Danielle from Zakara Life talks about that she attempted to to do a water fast on her own in her early 20s. And I think she ended up in hospital. Yeah, I remember reading (laughs) about that or hearing about that. And that makes a lot of sense to me because I was monitored by four different doctors three times a day around the clock, Mm -hmm. getting all my vitals tested. And I was supposed to do the water fast for longer. um, But after the 10th day, I was like, I have to eat. I'm sorry. (laughs) I have to eat. I have to. So I started back on juice and Mm. eventually back on fruit and then food. But had I been doing that at home, I wouldn't have started back on juice. I would have eaten food. And that's kind of like defeats the whole purpose. You really have to ease back into eating. So it's important to know that if you're fasting to do so under medical supervision. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's not my lifestyle. Although I have had my fair share of intermittent fasting days. So I I like hearing that from you. And it's interesting. Yesterday... I was running all over the place and I had, I try not to have caffeine very often anymore, mm, yep. but I had matcha Good, good idea morning. for, for an ethereal, right? Yeah, just, for just sure. Keep, keep the oh caffeine my God, over. I was literally living on a different <laughs> planet. I had matcha yesterday and somehow it just like really, 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 really hyped me up and I was running around. I didn't really have time to eat lunch, so I figured that's okay. I'll just eat an early dinner. So by the time it was like late afternoon and I was finished with what I was doing, I was in a mad rush to get to Erewhon to eat because I was just starving and I felt like my blood sugar was just so low Mm -hmm. um, because of the caffeine and because of not eating enough. Completely. So I can see how the intermittent fasting life would be very taxing on the body. Yes. Yes. I mean, with me talking about the panic attack, that was from personal experience. I'd been intermittent fasting for six months and um, I had my first and only panic attack. And I went to my acupuncturist who is unbelievably incredible. And he said to me, he said, do you think this is just blood sugar? And I'm like, what? blood sugar? As a nutritionist, like that's, that's like 101. <laughs> like you have stable blood sugar levels. And then I went, oh my God. 
right, you're right. I've been doing this intermittent fasting for, for six months and that, that's what it had, uh, had uh, culminated in. And I was like, wow, wow. And that was a long time ago. That was a good six or seven years ago because in my field, we, we try these things out. Because, you know, before, you never know, they might before, work. Yeah. <laughs> and before anyone else has been doing intermittent fasting, that was a while ago. Yeah. So do you have caffeine in your life? I do. I My body responds very well to caffeine. So this is where understanding your genetics helps. Mm. So I'm a fast metabolizer of caffeine, so I very quickly process it. Um, um, I, I enjoy the taste of it. I enjoy the ritual of it. And like you, you don't need to have your genetics tested to know whether caffeine is good for you or not. Like if you don't feel good on coffee, then then that's it, right? You just you just know, you take it out. But it's so sad. <laughs> I love I love the ritual. Mm. I love the taste. But I've found some good alternatives. Yeah, dandelion mm-hmm. is really good. Um, Four Sigmatic. Yes, makes mushroom coffee. Although I am allergic to mushrooms, so I really have to like. Oh, you are? Oh, because of the mold? Probably. I mean, that's what's been showing up on sensitivity tests lately. So That, That makes sense. Yeah, it does so it doesn't, sense. Yeah, it doesn't mean that you are allergic to to the mushrooms for life. Exactly. Um, so you'll Thank be able goodness. to introduce that at some stage. For sure. But when you have the mushroom coffee substitute, like how do you feel? Well, so here's the thing. I actually, I cut it out of my life for like three months earlier this year because I had gotten tested and I had the mushroom sensitivity and I was just cutting out everything because I didn't know what was causing mm-hmm. those full body hives. So I wasn't having anything additional. I wasn't having mushroom coffee. I wasn't having dandelion. I, I was just eating really simple foods. Yes. Um, and then I guess once I finished the water fast, I started incorporating the mushroom coffee again to see how I would feel. And I feel completely fine, completely fine. So then I was asking my doctor, are these mushrooms different from like mushrooms that you would put into a stir fry or something? And he wasn't even sure. So, so, so they are there. They are they different. They are different. They are different. Right. And so when you do food sensitivity tests, they are looking at one particular type of mushroom and they're probably looking at a button mushroom. So they're very different components in these medicinal mushrooms. So it doesn't mean that it applies to everything. So that's why it's like, see how you f- actually feel. Um, and also it's in a powdered form. Like there's, there's food sensitivity testing is wonderful, but there are lots of little quirks with it, which you've as, you as a practitioner just need to be aware of. So yeah. it's, like, it's like salmon, like are you allergic? Your salmon might come up, but are you allergic to cooked salmon or, or raw salmon? Like how are they actually testing it? Like what are they using it against? So they test the blood and they they look at um, um, the really the antibody or cytokine reaction against that particular food. And so you might find that you're not great with cooked salmon, but you're really good with raw salmon. Like there's, a, there's complexities to it. So interesting. I know. That's why I'm above all... Like you have to listen to your body. That's what I believe. So I have a ton of people saying to me, well, you shouldn't have mushroom coffee because you have mold and you should take it out and see if your rashes go away. But my response is always, if I respond, I just, I'm just listening to my own body. I've already cut it out. I didn't feel that great. My rashes were at their worst. Right. And now I've reintroduced it and I don't feel, I mean, I definitely don't feel at my healthiest, but I don't think it's coming from from that. Yeah, and that's just something for you to assess. It's the same with candida. 
So the typical candida diet is you take out all fermented foods and, and um, mushrooms as well. And that's, there's a flaw with that logic. So, so the um, fungi and the fermented, so fungi, right? So looking at mushrooms, um, it's dead. Right? So there's no way that you can possibly exacerbate candida because candida is life. Now, the same with the brewer's yeast and the baker's yeast and those things. Like they're not alive. They're like they're like dead. So they, they can't cause any issues. However, if you've had candida in the body for a long time, what happens is that you can set yourself up to set yourself up for a sensitivity to these types of foods. Hence why with you, you might have set yourself up to be sensitive to, to these mushrooms. And so the only way that you'll actually know that is that if you actually do a sense, food sensitivity test. But again, there could be just like different yeasts that you respond to or don't or don't respond to. Yeah, exactly. So ultimately, you just got to cut things out, put them back in. See and see you how feel. you respond. For sure. So before we wrap up, tell us a little bit about your life right now, like outside of work, what's going on? Oh, who are what you? A, what a great question. So I currently live in LA, but I fly back to New York every other week because my practice is there. But I am looking at establishing myself more in LA. So that's a little bit where my where my focus is. I'm absolutely in love with the most amazing, wonderful man and and that all and he's based in LA. So that's another reason for me to not want to get on a plane. <laughs> um, uh, we live in Santa Monica, about a seven minute walk from the beach. And, and whenever I can, I try to get down for some type of beach walk or meditation, which is what I did. I did a nice beach meditation this morning. And that feels just like really luscious and supportive. And I've really come off a, a five-year process of like writing my book and doing my master's and all sorts of things. So now it feels like it's time for me to to really nourish and nurture myself and 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 tone it down a little bit. And somebody recently said to me, oh, well, maybe it's more self-care that you need. And I'm like, I got my self-care covered. I said, the only thing that self-care requires is for me to cut down my schedule a little bit. <laughs> and that's what real self-care yeah, is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's amazing. Mm. Well, I love the idea of you being here more and not going back and forth. I didn't realize how much you went back and forth. That's I just know, crazy. I know. So much. So on the bioenergetic scans that we've been talking about, that's also what came up. And it was that was the first thing that flagged that my geographical resonance was off. I was like, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, because you definitely don't have a home base. I'm like, I'm like oh. And um, um, one of my friends does this particular scan here in LA. And she's like, okay, we're going to get you on this sort of bioenergetic uh, resonance to sort of ground you again. So uh, I, haven't started to take, I haven't started to take that yet, but I get that next week which I'm Good. really excited to yeah. try. Yeah, that'll be awesome. And I think too, if people want to find out about their archetype, because we've been talking about that, they can go online. They can go onto my website, which is um, it's under like Dana, D-A-N-A-James.com. And then on the little menu, there's a drop-down box. And so there it says find your archetype and then they can find out which archetype they are. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I was meaning to say, because I'm sure so many people listening now want to figure out their archetypes. So they'll go to your website. They can also buy your book, mm -hmm. The Archetype Diet, which is everywhere now, right? Everywhere, Amazon, yes. et cetera. That's exciting. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes. And I'll ask you what I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. If you are a color, what color do you feel best represents your energy? Oh, it's a great question. God, purple keeps coming to me. So, so I think it's going to be some type of some type of purple. Mm, beautiful. 
Mm-hmm. Which is funny when I say that because I when I had a um well, there's chakra, there's aura readings, I was like covered in purple. Oh, well that <laughs> so you're really tuned into that. Yeah. 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 I thought I would be purple on one of those. I was very orange. Very yeah, orange. very orange. Yeah. Oh, but what period of life was that for you? That was like a year ago. So this I don't really know chakra? what was going on. Yeah, I, I don't remember what what she had to say about it. It was a lot to do with creativity. And there was some white and stuff. And yeah, that's the creativity there coming through yeah. in the white. Yeah. I don't know. That was before I got really sick. So I would love to know now what the color would be. Yeah. Yes. It'd be a good idea to, to yeah, run it again because they, they change. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also distort those readings too. So if you were to, if you were to focus on something, it will actually come up in the color. Yeah. So if you were to focus on like the heart and seeing green all around you, you'll see green all around Ooh. you. And like that's the power of the mind. Wait, I just close my eyes and I see, I just see completely purple. And I see like the outline of you. So yeah, you're, you're very purple. <laughs> purple. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. weird. That's so cool. Well, amazing. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad we finally got to do this. Thanks, Jordan. It was great to do this. Yeah. So tell everyone where they can find you. We have your website and then you're on Instagram. Instagram under my name again, like Dana, Dana James. (laughs) Easy. I know. How So for everybody (laughs) listening, her name is Donna, but it's spelled like Dana. And you just must get so much confusion around that. <laughs> I mean, I've been here in the US now for 12 years. Right, just right. Just to accept it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I love it though. It's beautiful. Well, thank, thank you, you for being here. This was so great. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Donna is such a powerhouse. She is the definition of a Wonder Woman. I would love to be just like her <laughs> when I grow up. Um, no, but really, she is the youngest looking 42 year old I've ever met and she's in love and she's by coastal and she's an author and she has a thriving functional medicine nutrition business and she's a cognitive behavioral therapist I love her balanced approach to food and something that we didn't even talk about in this episode is that she is recently a certified kundalini teacher so next time we have her on we're gonna have to talk about that too I just think that she is unbelievably special and kind and smart and she helps so many women be more comfortable in their own skin, which is all we can ask for. So thank you, Donna, for coming on the show and be sure everybody listening to enter our giveaway of Donna's book, The Archetype Diet by rating and reviewing the podcast on iTunes and sending me a screenshot to jordan at thebalancedblonde.com. And thank you again to our sponsors. We have Everlywell, Four Sigmatic, and Hum Nutrition. At Everlywell, you can use the code BALANCEDBLONDE for 15% off of any test kit. So that's food allergies, vitamin D, testosterone, ovarian, all sorts of things. We also have Four Sigmatic. Use the code BLONDE for 15% off all mushroom coffees and lattes. And then we have Hum Nutrition. Use the code SOUL for 20% off, of course. And if you want to keep the conversation going, head over to Facebook, the Soul on Fire podcast tribe. Add us or rather add yourself and I will 
accept your request and meet friends from all over the world. We have incredible humans in there, lots of women, but it's not exclusive to women. So if you're a man who's listening, please join. I've had a lot of guys tell me that they really like being in the group because it gives them more insight into what their girlfriends or wives or sisters or just their female friends are interested in and talking about. And that makes me really happy. So that's also the first place that I go to announce retreats and workshops and events. I do have a fun event coming up with Aloe Yoga on August 16th. So please come go to Aloe's website and check out their Thrive event. I'm teaching, kicking off the whole Aloe Thrive event series, and it's going to be really fun. So would love to have you and would love to have you in the Facebook group soul on fire podcast tribe thank you so much for being here i hope everybody is having a very wonderful magical soul on fire kind of day and hudson says he loves you too he's sitting right here he gave jonathan and i the biggest scare of all time this morning he was really just hiding in a cabinet sleeping behind a ton of boxes but we thought he might have gotten out when people were here delivering our furniture so Long story short, I ended up screaming and crying in the parking lot of our building, screaming his name and screaming at our property managers for help. And it was the scariest thing that's ever happened, but he's here. He was here the whole time. He was asleep. He looked at me when I was hysterically sobbing. Once we found out he was in here and he was like, girlfriend, you are a crazy biatch. I've been fine the whole time. So yeah, that's Hudson for you, but he's here. He's safe. He says he loves you and I love all of you too. So thank you for being here. Adore you all and would love to chat more next week. So subscribe to the show if you haven't yet and have an amazing day. Do something that sets your soul on fire. Mwah.